This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's at this point that Mr. B calls to the embryologist and says, Bring in the embryo! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Test Cheap Baby. We right now are five days post embryo transfer, which basically means an embryo has been cooking in my tummy for five days. So in this episode, we're going to talk all about that process. We're also going to go through some of the symptoms that I'm feeling post transfer. Uh, and we're also going to tell you how many M babies are actually cooking inside because I haven't specified yet and you may well know that you could have more than one. I'm also going to give you an IVF hack like conspiracy thing that I've discovered since going on this IVF pilgrimage that I just want to share with you. Uh, so my name is Miranda Burns and over there having had a full day of rugby. Hi Tristan. I know what a day it's been. Not playing, watching unfortunately, yeah. Covid, ugh. but <laughs> this Tuesday I'm back to it again. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm just looking forward to shifting a few pounds off me. You oh, know. no, you don't need to. I mean, I, I, I feel good for it, but I'm a little bit worried about when I start running again and the added weight that that's going to be. You know. I don't even think it's that. I think it's that your like your stamina will have dropped somewhat. I'll have, I've done zero exercise. Yeah, literally for months and months and months. I had COVID and done one run since and I managed about 10 minutes. And, and it hurt your chest, didn't it? So. Yeah, I I'm a little bit stressed about this. Anyway, wherever you are, we hope you're having the best day and thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, you can subscribe, you can leave a review, it will really help us out. Now, if you're new to our podcast family in Test You Baby, we're chatting through all things IVF and hopefully beyond because fingers crossed there is going to be a real life baby at the end of this in true Tristan and Miranda style there'll be a whole lot of tangents more than one euphemism and inevitably we will expose and embarrass ourselves well I think the first thing to say is how many embryos did we get because we got four eggs okay we retrieved four eggs a lot has happened so from four eggs normally which is quite scary you would actually only expect to have one embryo in the end so we had real concerns about where we would be right now. I say, well, you say we. Actually, I yeah, didn't. didn't know. <laughs> because Tristan, bless him, he loves consuming all the information and just, you basically like revise the subject. Uh, you found out this statistic and you didn't share it with me because you didn't want to worry me unnecessarily. So I'm really grateful about that. It's a pretty scary statistic, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrifying. And also, you say one embryo, there's no way of knowing whether that embryo would even be viable. Like, you can get to the end stage and it still not be a strong embryo, which we're going to come to in a little moment. Now, a little recap for you in case you're joining us on this episode. Four eggs were retrieved. 
all four were mature enough to have Tristan's sperm injected into them and all four fertilized. Um, so already we were kind of defeating and defying the odds. And yeah, I mean, we weren't sticking to the rule book. No, because well, from four, you'd expect of all the eggs you retrieve, 50 to 80% will be mature. So chances are we'd have lost one at, at least, that first yeah. stage. To not have lost any, brilliant. And then they fertilized them. Now, ICSI... You're, I think, 90% likely to fertilize through ICSI. So IVF, if you have more eggs there and you have the ability to be a bit more free with what you're doing, you can say, okay, let's do IVF, which means that, yes, we've got 10 eggs. It may not be that all of them work, but we know the ones that do work were fertilized naturally. Yeah. I say naturally, in a Petri dish, but yeah, you know what I mean. but without a needle. Exactly. So our hand was forced a little bit and we were told that we had to do ICSI. Because of my sperm, because of how few eggs we got, it was a bit of both. Um, and we were okay with that because we knew that we would end up with fertilised embryos. And then on the day after we had them fertilised, we were told that all four were successful. Which is so great. So, yeah, I mean, I was just like happily skiffing along throughout this process, not realising that the odds were so not in our favour. It was awful. Yeah, <laughs> Fortress was so stressed and I was like, la da da oh, really good news again? Great. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. We're also exceptionally fortunate because all four of our embryos made it to day five. So when you do IVF or ICSI and you fertilize an egg and you create an embryo, you then have this like five day period where you watch and you see as it develops. And often you get embryos that just kind of lose their way along this path and you know they, they don't make it to day five. All four of ours kept developing. They kept dividing and they got bigger and they got stronger. The division is the thing they're focusing on. So if you imagine two goes to four, four goes to eight, eight goes to 16 as they divide and it goes on and on and on and on and throughout that process every day they call us and let us know how things are going and on day three they said to us you know what things are looking really healthy let's push the day five now on day four we got a phone call but it was about covid testing and yeah, COVID yeah. stuff. so we had this phone call and we were waiting for this news of how they were doing and then she was told oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna look at them today so we were like oh okay ah. we find out tomorrow on the day that we're supposed to be doing our embryo transfer and indeed we did find out we got ready in the morning. Uh, again, I wasn't wearing perfume because I know that that can have an effect on your embryos. Uh, and we were actually in the car about to set off and drive to the hospital when we got a phone call from our embryologist, one of the many embryologists that we've dealt with. There are so many at this clinic. There just seems to be a new one appearing every day. I know. It's like they just, I don't know, like a production line. Maybe yeah, they're yeah, making yeah. them. Maybe that's what part of it is. Maybe they choose the best embryos and slip them off to the side and make embryologists out of them <laughs> well they'd be very experienced and knowledgeable having be great they've lived through it <laughs> yeah literally um yeah we got a call from her and she said guys i have got really great news uh, all four have made it to day five brilliant like we said at this point we didn't know that uh, all four have become a blast assist so that's when your embryo like tristan specified has been dividing and dividing and has got to this special wonderful stage that you're striving for and three of the four are really good quality so as we said in the last episode, the likelihood of getting a successful pregnancy from an embryo transfer on day three is like rolling a dice. So it's like one in five, one in six will work. If you push it to that blastocyst stage on day five, that becomes a 50-50 chance. Yeah, so like to have tossing all, a coin. Yeah, yeah, tossing a coin. So all four on day five was amazing. Now, we then, as part of this phone call, were told how our embryos were graded. 
This is fascinating. If you imagine a grid and it is filled with numbers and letters and every embryo, Tristan's just got it up on his phone. Oh, you're so prepared. I love you. And it's not your typical kind of grid. It's not like the top row is the top tier embryo. There's like color coded sections that you need to fall into. So there are numbers and letters and it's like a sequence of three things so you have a number and then two letters the number at the start is from either one to six or two to six ours is one to six um, and that is the degree of expansion based on how the ex- how expanded the cavity is oh. so it's the quality of how the embryo kind of looks all right then the letters are grading the inner and the outer parts of the cell. So the inner cell mass and the outer cell mass. And these are A, B, or C, A being the best. This is desperately confusing. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Google this. If you're interested, if you're doing IVF and this is new information, uh, do a little Google search and find the image. So what would you search, do you reckon, to find it? Uh, Embryo grading and success rates. Yeah, have a little look because it will be so much easier to follow what we're saying when you can see this in front of you. Uh, But yeah, we got our grades back. So I got our grades back. (laughs) A star. sounded well. So we ended up with one 5AA. So that's five, which is the probably four or five is the best you can get. And then having an AA means that within that category, the two things, the inner cell and the outer cell masses are both the best they can be. This is one beautiful looking embryo. Like the embryologist will have done a happy dance. She called it a perfect embryo. Yeah. "Yeah, it's, It's perfect. And it already started to hatch. So when we looked at pictures of it, there was a little bit of a few cells coming out of it, which means that it is completely ready to be put back into yeah, you, yeah, yeah. which was amazing. We then had two, which were still good. Oh, they're still good. So she said they were good, but it's, it's not the, the worst of a good bunch. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're, they're all really good. You've got one that's absolutely perfect and two that are not so. So we had a three AA, which is similar. It's in the same sort of place. Obviously, it's an AA, so the inner cell mass and the outer cell mass Sounds are good. Sounds like we're talking about batteries. I know. <laughs> Double A, triple A. I know. <laughs> uh, so the inner cell mass and the outer cell mass were perfect as the other one. But it was slightly less developed than the other one. So they thought, let's freeze that. And we also had a 3AB, which means that, again, part of that cell mass is slightly different, mm. but it's still really good. And you're looking at the success rate. Best, the best of the best is a 5AA or a 4AA. A 3AA is probably next. Then you go to a 4AB, then a 3AB. So we did pretty darn well. All of those three were in like, the top five categories you can get. But I hear you cry. Tristan Miranda, you said four, made it to day five. What happened to the fourth one? Well, you might remember. We mentioned our wonky egg. Oh. So this was the egg that they looked at and they said, well, we can, we'll, we'll fertilize it because you've only got four. We need to make sure we've got all the ones we can go with. Mm. So we'll, we'll fertilize and we'll see how it goes. Now it fertilized. It yeah. was doing very well. The shape never corrected itself. And in the end, we ended up with, I think it was a, a 3BC. Nah. So it wasn't going to survive freezing. Had we got to day five and that been the only one that we had, they probably would have done the embryo transfer with that because that's still an embryo that oh, is yeah. viable. It's worth a shot. But it just won't survive freezing. Yeah, and because we already had three really high quality ones, the embryologist advised us and we followed her advice to say, look, this one's probably not worth it and should be destroyed. If you're still confused about the embryo grading, I think the best way to... to to visualize it it's like supermarkets yeah oh my right? god I lo- do you know like god tier things exactly like that yeah. like like that yeah like that so the 5aa and like a 4aa so our 5aa or like a 4aa would probably be like your fortnum and masons yeah right? oh my gosh really fancy bougie expensive london queen shops there-esque supermarkets like you don't have a you don't have a plastic bag you have a hamper yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah, contain yeah. all your bits and bobs <laughs> right so that's those ones 
Moving down towards our 3AA and our 3AB. So these are the ones that were frozen? These are not quite premium, royal, but they are still good. So they're like your Waitrose mm-hmm. or your M&S. Yeah, high quality. The good tier as opposed to the god tier. I mean, you've then probably got like a mid tier, which I would say is Sainsbury's and Tesco. You know, yeah. it just does the job, like go there once a week, get everything you need, but it's hardly a luxurious experience. You know what I'll say? I think on that good tier, I'd say Morrison's is creeping onto it. Do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, I'm saying this. I'm a Tesco's girl. Born and bred. I have always been a Tesco's girl. You're I- a what girl? Uh, I'm a Tesco gal. Tristan has this thing that I put an unnecessary S on the end of Tesco. I do it with Costa as well. I call it Costas. I can't help it. Costas. It's just who I am, okay? And you're marrying me. It's called, people call it Littles. That's what gets me. Littles. I wouldn't wouldn't say Littles. It sounds really cute though. I'm going to Littles. I want to pet it. There are certain (laughs) things like Sainsbury's that's got an S on the end of it already. So that's fine. You don't call it Sainsbury's, do you? No. Okay, well look, what's the bottom tier? Embryo number four on the bottom tier. What supermarket are you calling that? I'm not going to discriminate against supermarkets themselves because as soon as you start going in towards like the shit tier, like that's pretty brutal. So a very inoffensive and unpopular supermarket that I think we could compare this to would be a Nisa local. Oh, yes. Or like, what was it? Um, A spa. A spa. A corner shop spa. The kind of place that has one of those hot chicken counters where you're not entirely sure whether you're going to get food poisoning or not, but the the chances are high. I never trust a shop that has a microwave in it that I can prepare my own food in. Mm, Something about that doesn't sit right with me. Like a petrol station. Didn't you get food poisoning from a sandwich from a petrol station once? Oh no, my sister got food poisoning from a WH Smith sandwich, which is why if you're a proper fan and you've listened to a previous episode, you will know that I am discriminatory towards WH Smith food. I think that must be why I've just realized this. I've had a little revelation. So there you go. Hopefully you now follow. Like I said, it's desperately confusing and it is well worth just giving this image a Google. But we had three really good quality embryos and one which unfortunately although it had a really special place in my heart and I had its nickname the the wonky embryo just it wasn't going to make it So in preparation for my embryo transfer, I was doing pessaries. Oh la la. Uh, These are progesterone pessaries. I had to do three a day. The time that I do them, if you really want all the detail and the specifics, uh, round about half nine in the morning, uh, two o'clock in the afternoon and about 10 p.m. at night. Uh, And that's generally how I've been doing them. Uh, Now, on the morning of the embryo transfer, they obviously don't want you to put the pessary in because they're going up inside of a JJ and a pessary would just get in the way. They need a clean worktop surface with a clear which... line of sight yeah exactly that so much so get this that when i went for the embryo transfer and i was lying on, my, on the bed and my legs up in the air as i always seem to be doing at the moment um mr b our consultant had to like wash me out quickly with some water apparently that is literally just the thing that they do it's like just part and parcel of having an embryo transfer just having a little squirt of water up there just to wash it all out okay yeah good to go that was strange. He was like, you're going to fill a gush of water. Don't worry. I was like, okay. I mean, it was fine, but... Was it cold water? Did they warm it up slightly? What was the situation with that? I was so flustered and stressed the whole of that transfer just because I realised what a momentous occasion this was that I could not tell you the temperature of the water. I was concentrating on breathing. I was just like... I, there was so much going on for me and I felt so overwhelmed. So from what you can remember, obviously I was on FaceTime for part of this, yeah. which was good fun. Um, from what you can remember, talk me through what the process was like. 
Okay, so uh, you rock up, everybody is in scrubs and the room that you go into for the transfer is far more clinical looking. It looks more like a procedure room than a scanning room. It still has very similar equipment. You know, it has the scanning machine. It has the bed that you have to sit on on the stirrups that you have to put your legs in, etc. Um, But there's also like a, a kind of metal sink that you would see in theater where the surgeon or whatever is going to wash their hands. And there was an adjoining room which connects to the lab where the embryologist was in. And she was in there babysitting our embryos. That's the best phrase ever. Isn't it adorable? Oh. Isn't it so cute? Literally until the second that Mr. B was ready to put the embryo back in. So cute. So I go into the room. It's the usual thing. Everything off from the bottom. I'm going to say to you, please always make sure that if you want to, you've shaved your legs. I often just don't do this because I can't be bothered and life is too short. Um, but that you've done things like, you know, washed your feet, cut your toenails. Like your consultant and nurse are literally staring at your feet. Like if you want to treat yourself and just like file your nails down so they look a little bit nice, that's probably a, a kind thing that you can do for them. So yeah, took my bottoms off, got in the bed, uh, legs in the stirrups, had our lovely nurse, Claire, who was just wonderful and was chatting me through the whole process. And then Mr. B, the consultant came in. Uh, I had a incredibly full bladder, which honestly was hideous. Claire described it as a lake. It looked massive. And Mr. B thought it was very funny to just prod my tummy a little bit to be like, oh, you got a full bladder, have you? Apparently I took the instruction of a full bladder too seriously. <laughs> and I was in a lot of discomfort. That's also why I didn't notice the the temperature of the water because I was concentrating so hard on not wetting myself like so hard. So what they do is they put a, I can never say this word, a spectrum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They put a spectrum in so they can kind of open up and get to your, like through your cervix and get to your uterus. I think that's right. I'm not a scientist. Tristan's nodding. Um, at that point, Claire is using an ultrasound to scan my stomach because in the olden days with IVF, they would go in blind. They literally would just kind of open you up from your vag uh, and they'd pop the embryo in and they would just hope for the best. But we have the luxury of technology now. So they have this image up on the screen and it means that our consultant and our nurse can really kind of guide where they want this to go. So they use a catheter. Yes, I got it right. I well concentrated so hard. I was like, is it cannula? Is it catheter? They used a catheter which was the thing that kind of flushed me out with a little bit of water. Oh, lovely. And it was with that that they would transfer the embryo. So we're all set up. Mr. B has his spectrum in place. Uh, Claire has got the image up on the ultrasound screen and we are good to go. It's at this point that Mr. B calls to the embryologist and says, Bring in the embryo! <laughs> Literally. And then there was a fanfare, a confetti cannon and some strobe lights. And everyone was like, unts, unts, unts. I just having a whale of a time i joke that did not happen but i wish it had in my dreams that's how it happened um they did kind of though like parade the m baby in and she said right i have got your embryo and we can now reveal you've probably deduced this from what i've said uh that it's one embryo that we have implanted we'll cover a little bit more of why in a bit um but for now you know it was one so I was very flustered throughout all of this. As I've already said, I can't remember exactly how they said it was going to work, but I'm pretty sure that they used a little bit of water again to flush the embryo into my uterus. I like to describe it as a water slide. You know, you're on holiday in Spain, you're going to a water park and the embryo is just having the time of its life. And it's just like three, two, one, okay, you can go. Embryo just lets you go and you slide down the slide and then you land in a nice warm cushy home. 
That's a perfect description. Thank you. But then they have to check whether they've actually got it out. Because if you imagine a water slide, but there's no way of knowing the person's come out at the end. Yes. So they have to remove the water slide and then look in the water slide and make, oh, is it gone? Yeah. And that's what the embryologist is. So strange. She like had to check this, this tube of this catheter to see if the embryo had gone. It had gone. It was in place. The strangest thing is that once that's done, you just walk away. And that is kind of terrifying because you've had a potential future baby put inside you. And the idea that you're now just going to stand up and walk around. I know that gravity doesn't affect embryos, but your mind still takes you there. That is the wonder of the female anatomy because your cervix, having been opened up to get it in, it will close very quickly. You've then got this lovely, squidgy, soft uterus, which the embryo makes its little home in and it beds itself in. Do you want to know what our consultant said, which was so cute about the embryos? He was like, oh, they're so great. He he almost like gave me a high five. He was so happy with the quality of the three of them. And he said, one looks like you, Miranda. One looks like Tristan. And the other one looks like a bit of both of you. So we put that one back in. And I was like, that is such an adorable way to think about it. Because if we are so fortunate as to have a successful pregnancy and baby from this transfer, then that is the first photo of the child. Like lots of people have a picture when they are born and it's like, here's my baby. We have the baby pretty much like at conception. How cool is that? So just to explain a little bit about why we had one embryo and not two. Uh, I think in the States, correct me if I am wrong, but I think in the States, uh, it's more typical that you might put two or three embryos in and in the olden days because IVF was less successful that's what they do they would have two or three goes per try we are young um and my anatomy is such that we don't think touch wood um I would lose the pregnancy I mean there's a chance obviously there's always a chance it's not going to stick but anatomically I'm in quite a good place he was happy with how I looked so when you have twins, it automatically becomes a high risk pregnancy and that warrants it, you know, that has its own issues and complications. So you don't want to create a high risk pregnancy if you don't need to. And if you think that this embryo has a, a chance of implanting and becoming a successful pregnancy, why add extra risk? Were I older or had multiple cycles before that had failed or was like running out of time for whatever reason, then yeah, you might put two or three in. Also, if you had embryos that weren't great quality. So if you, for example, had a... 4BC and a 2AA or something, Mm. you might put them both in because chances are only one of them will take. Now, I've just done some research whilst we were recording this podcast while you were just doing that last bit. I said before that an embryo transfer is 50% successful on day five. Would you like to know what a 4AA or a 5AA embryo transfer is? Oh, I don't. The thing is, part of me is like, yes, because if it's good then I'll feel more positive. But well, then... I've got a couple of statistics for you. I don't want to disappoint myself. Oh. Do, are you happy now you know? If you are considered the lucky few, the lucky few yeah. who get a 4AA or a 5AA embryo, the pregnancy success rate is considered to be 63 to 65%. Okay. Did you know that you have a 72% of a top quality embryo being a boy? <gasps> no! 72% of 4AA and 5AA embryos are boys. Stop it. 28% girls. Boys develop quicker in the early stages, which is why there's such a drastic difference between the two. Gender selection is nearly impossible. Oh my God. 
but someone said they had a 4AA girl and a 5AA boy, so it's, it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. But oh it... my God, that's crazy. Do you know, we had a little conversation post-transfer as to whether we thought it was a boy or a girl. And at the time I said, girl, I've sat on it for longer now. I'm convinced it's a boy. So I had this with our previous pregnancy. I was convinced from the start it was a girl. And I just want to say, Trish was one of about three people that was convinced it was a girl. Everybody else thought it was a boy. And I was right. And you were right. So for this oh one, having been so convinced, and I've written, so not that I don't want a boy, I'd love a boy. I want a boy who play rugby and it would be the amazing, yeah. best thing ever. I want to be like a girl's dad. Mm. If that's in the back of my mind, and from the soon as we put it in, I was like, it's a boy. And convinced. Yeah, so you mean like your subconscious is always going to be pointing towards yeah. a girl because you're like, I want to be a girl's dad. Yeah, so the fact that you're convinced it is a boy really, really means that your sixth sense has kicked in thoroughly there. Um, that means that our two Frozen, surely, are more likely to be girls then because yeah. they were a little bit further behind. This is so interesting. The 63, 65% thing still terrifies me because I know that is still a good chance, but you want to hear stats like 90%, don't oh, you? No, you do, of course. But I will say that so far, we had a 90% chance of getting no embryos at all. Yeah, you know, no, From, from four true. collected everything was stacked against us and we ended up with four three which were perfect one which was god tier embryo <laughs> so Fortnum and Mason and for going into this we thought it would be 50 and the fact that if you get to four or five AA mm. that brings you up to almost you know, 65 it's a 15 percent and that 15 percent is huge yeah. it's always worth taking statistics with a pinch of salt mm. we are abnormal being so young doing it yeah as a 23 year old and a 26 year old to be that young doing IVF the only reason that we're doing it is because the getting pregnant is the difficult bit. Mm. It's the getting these things happening at the right time. It's the sperm being an issue. And then and with the, egg. the biological clock and my low eggs. Yeah. That's why. So that being the issue, your body and my body are still perfectly in their fertile window where you want to be. Mm. Statistically, we are more likely to have a successful pregnancy anyway. And the statistics that we're going off generally are focusing on older people. And uh, the whole spectrum. Yeah. Most of which were older. Yeah, I mean, I just really want to quickly acknowledge um, that Tristan and I realise how lucky and fortunate we are that this happened because you see so many stories online of women who had 16 eggs retrieved and I was hoping for above 10. I really was rooting for that. So I was, I was, I wasn't devastated, but I was disappointed when I heard that we'd only gotten four. Those women that have 16 eggs retrieved, so often you hear that they got like one to blastocyst stage and then like it didn't even successfully transfer. I wonder what the science is behind that. I have no idea. It's like everyone kept saying to me, Miranda, quality over quantity, quality over quantity. You only need one good one. You just need one good one. When I was feeling a little bit more disheartened about it all. So to be in the situation that we are, we are so like privileged and fortunate that whoever was looking over us, uh, they were on our side and they gave us three viable embryos. How lucky are we? Now, once all that was done, uh, Nurse Claire said that right now I need to wrap myself up in cotton wool, basically for the next two weeks. She said, you do not want to do anything that if this transfer is not successful and doesn't end in a pregnancy, you can then look back on and regret. And I was like, that is great advice. So I took a week off work just to kind of remove myself from any possible stress whatsoever. And I really have wrapped myself up in cotton wool. You spent most of the last week horizontal. Oh, it's been great. I've had a lovely time. <laughs> 
I've been watching a lot of telly, eating a lot of food, drinking a lot of lemon squash. Lemon squash. Lemon squash. The baby's going to have a taste for lemon squash. Um, We are now in what is called the two-week wait or the TWW if you're looking for the hashtag on Instagram. This is the time between embryo transfer and being able to do a pregnancy test and its result being accurate. And it's a really weird purgatory, limbo-esque thing to be within. Because most people, when they're trying for a baby, they have no idea whether conception happened. They don't know if the sperm got to the egg. They just know that they tried and then they wait for the period to be late. Well, we know that it fertilized. We know that there's an embryo. So it's like there's a little bit of extra hope, which I think makes it harder to wait. Like you just, you want to jump the gun. You want to test early, but I know that we can't do that. You know that the main hurdle has been overcome. Yeah. Your sister said something really interesting the other day about conception, which is that a woman's anatomy is almost designed as like an assault course to get the best possible sperm being the one that gets to the egg. So you see things in the documentaries about how a woman's vagina anatomy is designed to like stop them. So you have like getting through the vagina itself, getting like the fallopian, all the things that have to happen. Hurdles. Yeah, the hurdles. Hurdles and hurdles. Yeah. And we've overcome all of those and we've got that one sperm fertilising that one egg. So we are in the position that most people are lucky to get to anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had like a head start. Literally. I mean, right now we are, and I don't know if I'm going to mispronounce this, but we are pupo or pupo, P-U-P-O, pregnant until proven otherwise. How weird is that? Like... I could be pregnant right now. We just don't know. It's so strange. The two-week wait thing, there's there's a bit of ambiguity there because it's it's two weeks from when they fertilise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the other thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd be waiting until like the end of next week, the beginning of the following week. But having now been five days post-implanting on day five, mm-hmm. we are 10 days in. Yeah. So we only have four days to go. That is nuts. Oh my God, time go faster. I don't know how people do it. I, I know that a lot of people do cave and they end up taking a pregnancy test earlier. <sighs> the worry is if you have a negative pregnancy test, you can be really upset yeah. and that is understandable. But if you have a positive one, you'll be really happy because you know earlier. But there's no guarantee that that negative is, is a true negative. reflection yeah, of yeah, your yeah, current yeah. pregnant state. So why put yourself through the upset and the distress of thinking it's not taken? Why not just wait those extra couple of days? Oh, totally. Let me tell you about this little IVF conspiracy, which someone really kindly messaged me about. And it is having McDonald's chips post IVF. And I didn't realize that within the IVF community, this is a massive thing. I did wonder why there were loads of photos of women in cars eating McDonald's chips post embryo transfer. I was like, okay, fair enough. They're just craving it. Or like, it's like the little treat after going through the procedure no no there's a whole blog post written about it now i mean take it with a pinch of salt literally because <laughs> they're very salty uh but they're saying it, it could it be something to do with the fatty content could it be something to do with the salt that makes your body suck up all its moisture and then make it suck up the embryo so it sticks in place who knows but for whatever reason People believe that it helps. So we went along with it, obviously. And we had McDonald's chips post-transfer. We did. I felt I needed to be a part of this because I didn't think it was fair. And I think, you know what? Give it the best chance. Maybe my sperm are rooting for their one friend that made it and they want to be a part of this whole thing anyway. So I also had McDonald's chips. Oh, you were taking one for the team. I was. And I think that 
it was only fair as part of that to also then have myself a Grand Big Mac with bacon. Yeah, of course. To have a McFlurry. But then on McFlurry, I mean, I was disappointed with my McDonald's experience because of the McFlurry. And I'll tell you for why. Oh, here we go. For me, a McFlurry without sauce is futile. It's irrelevant. I don't want it. I don't You're care. You're such a weirdo. No, because otherwise it's just milk with chocolate in it. It's <laughs> cold, just very cold milk. Freezing cold milk with chocolate in it. So it's it's not it's not there's no point in it. So when I rock up and I see there's a flake McFlurry or a cream egg McFlurry, I am <gasps> buzzing. I'm like, oh my god, they've got sauce with it. It's a special one. It will cost me 50p more, but that's 50p of sauce, which is extortionate. 50p but I'll take of it. happiness. 50p of joy, you know. And that's what I'm looking for. If I rock up and they're like, yeah, what McFlurry do you want? What? I said, what have you got? And they're like, dairy milk, Oreo, Smarties, whatever it is. I'm waiting for that special McFlurry on the end. It's not there. No. All I will say, Tristan, is that we were supposed to just be going for chips and those chips were only meant to be for me. So the fact that you got a full-blown McDonald's meal as well for doing absolutely nothing is pretty decent. I had two wanks. Days before. Irrelevant. I need to recover. Oh, Talk about the recovery oh. process. Okay. Replenishing right. my stocks. Right. There we Ready go. to go again when you are. <laughs> Hopefully we won't need to now. Hopefully not. Yeah, no. fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, I'm still doing the pessary three times a day. Whoop de doo. Um, I'm actually running out of the pessaries that I've got, I think in like the next three or four days. So I've got some kind of backup, still progesterone, but just a different brand that I'll move on to. And I just quickly wanted to summarize with the symptoms that I'm experiencing, because I feel like this might be interesting, especially if we get touch wood oh my god where's something wooden the chair reach oh, oh there you go um especially if we get a successful pregnancy to know what i was feeling so i have been getting some like uterus pangs okay it feels like my period is due to start or at least it did the other day so it's saturday now i think it was Thursday and Friday, I had quite a lot of like cramping. Now I know that my period's not due for ages anyway. Um, so I knew that that wasn't the case. Like something else is going on. So that was very interesting. Okay. Maybe it could be implantation. Who knows? Um, I also am covered in spots on my face. Yay. Who knows why this is? I am susceptible to acne as it stands. And I've had so many hormones pumping through my body. Uh, so that could have just been a result of all of those. But who knows? I remember when I got pregnant last time that my skin got really, really bad. So that was interesting. And I have had one pregnancy dream where I dreamt that I was like pregnant, like I knew it had stuck. So there we go. That is what we're going off of. Take of it what you will. Oh, it's so terrifying. It's so terrifying. Oh, God. It's the waiting, isn't it? Yeah. But I am... It's the hope. Oh, it's the hope. I think having looked at statistics going into fertilization of the embryos i was more nervous because i was like shit we're gonna have a massive drop off from these four yeah to have got through that you know with three that were perfect yep. or amazing i am less worried because statistically speaking from the three we've got we should have at least one pregnancy and it's probably a boy yeah or the other two are girls yeah that's true oh this is so surreal <gasps> it's just do you know what like it's just a lot to go through if it doesn't result in success. And I know that so many don't result in success. And that's just the really sad reality of IVF. But when you've had so much hope, it's like it's further to fall if it doesn't succeed. Yeah, I think had we have gone from four to one and then that not worked. Yes, it would have been painfully sad, but we were already preparing ourselves for bad news mm. to have been preparing ourselves for bad news and then had good news you take your guard down a bit 
But I think that's where I'm at now. Like, I think I'm in a really hopeful place and mm. I want to... I want to manifest this pregnancy and think positive thoughts, but then I also want to protect my heart. And generally, my rule in this life is don't count your chickens before your eggs. Eggs, again, look, they've made a return. So I hope it's not a chicken. No, I hope That'd be a turn out for the books, wouldn't it? A nice surprise! Oh my God. Good impression. That was Thanks. all right. Very throaty. That is it for today. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review. Share with your friends, family, parents, guardians, niece or local embryos, whoever it may be. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, I love that. A niece or local embryo. Oh, my poor wonky embryo. Um, But yeah, please get involved. It will make our day. Now, next episode, we're going to go through in detail all the medication that I was on throughout IVF. Uh, We're also going to give you a little bit more detail on the supplements and things that I've read that you can do to help your fertility. So it should be a really interesting podcast. Um, We're also going to record that episode before I take a pregnancy test. So I'll give you another rundown on how my symptoms are developing and how I feel. And don't forget, you can see our faces over on Instagram, Miranda.Burns, Tristan.Hall and Test Test to Baby Baby Pod, Pod Pod for for podcast. Podcast. Love you. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.